how many know in the throne room everything else melts away, amen? All the troubles, all the things that we look at that distract us, there's nothing but the Father in the throne room. A place of peace, a place of rescue, a place of refuge, a place of restoration. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. I hope it's okay. Let's just... wash over you this morning. Just let whatever needs to melt away just begin to fall off in his presence. Amen. Jeremiah 29 11 it's a common verse and when the Lord gave it to me I just you know it was like you know God it's a common verse we hear it a lot how many know that sometimes we need to be careful because the word of God becomes so familiar that we stop letting him speak to us through the word of God amen so as I read this I know the thoughts I think toward you says the Lord thoughts of peace not of evil to give you a future and a hope. He began to just speak to me about our minds. So if the thoughts that we have are not of peace, if they don't bring us hope, and if they don't speak of our future, they are not coming from God. Amen? A way to test it. And I feel like, I don't know about y'all, but there's been some warfare lately in my mind because that's where the battle is. Amen? So when those thoughts come, The word says in 2 Corinthians 10 that we cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we take every thought captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ. Amen. Philippians 4 says that we think on those things which are true, just, lovely, of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, we think on those things. So that's just what I want to do for a minute. I just want to ask if you'll just let me pray over you this morning. You just pray with me. And let's just practice this. And let's just continue to put the enemy at bay. Amen? Put him at flight. So, Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, we cast down imagination. Lord God, we cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father God, we take every thought captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ. Father, we turn our hearts and our eyes and our minds, Lord God, to those things which are true and lovely and just and of good report, Lord God. Father, because there's virtue and praise, we turn our eyes upon you, O Father. Lord God, we put the full armor upon ourselves, Father God, the helmet of salvation to protect our mind, the breastplate of righteousness to protect our heart, the belt, belt of truth, Father God, to keep us in your ways, the shoes of peace, Lord God. God, we take up the sword of the Spirit. Father God, we take up the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Father, we stand in your truth today. Lord God, we stand in your truth today, Father God, and we arm ourselves, Father. And we thank you, Lord God. And I just want to say this. The word of the enemy comes as a seed. Amen. So we have to reject it when it first comes. We have to stand and do those things 
so that the word cannot be sown, the seed cannot be sown within us and grow. Because then it becomes a stronghold. Then we got to do a whole another level to tear it down. So I'm just speaking over you that you'll have boldness. I'm speaking over you that you'll have truth. I'm speaking over you that you'll recognize the voice of the enemy. And you'll begin to speak out because God wants to take us to new levels. Amen. These are the four things, the last four things I heard the Lord say when I was praying about this. Arise, warrior, arise. Speak my word. Embrace my truth. And walk in my freedom. Amen.
Come on, just shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. You may be here today and you say, hey, Pastor, Easter was last week. Can I tell you, he's still resurrected. The tomb is still empty this week too, okay? Now and forever, he conquered death. And that's something to be excited about. How many are excited about what God is doing? Can you feel his presence in the house today? I feel the tangible presence of the Lord in this house today. Will you do me a favor as they, they softly play? Can you lift your hands all across this building? Say, hey, I, if you're comfortable with that, do that. But I can tell you this. The scripture tells us to lift up holy hands and just begin to just give God adoration. Say, I don't know what to say, Pastor. Just say, I love you, Jesus. Lord, we exalt your name today. Lord, we lift you on high. We glorify you, God. You're worthy, Lord. Worthy of adoration. Worthy of praise. God, no matter what we may face in this life, Lord, you have conquered all. Lord, you conquered on the cross. Lord, you conquered the grave. And so, Lord, we exalt your name. We lift you up. We glorify you. Lord, we pray for those, Lord, who are dealing with sickness today, Lord, in their bodies. Lord, those who who are struggling, God, with, with pain in their body, God, and those who may be watching right now, God, we come against sickness and affliction of, uh, of the physical body in the mighty name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we proclaim healing right now, God. Let healing virtue begin to flow, God, in this building and where they are at right now. God, I pray for those, Lord, who are struggling, God, in their lives, who may be down in their hearts dealing with depression today, Lord. Lord, we know that you are a God with open arms. Lord, and you're calling us, Lord. Lord, we could cast all of our cares upon you, Lord. Scripture says, cast all our cares upon you, Lord, because you care for us. So, Lord, right now, God, we just dump all of our junk on you. God, I pray, God, for those, Lord, who are struggling, God, just in different situations. God, Lord, you know the needs, God. You know the situations. God, I ask, Lord, that you intervene, Lord, that you minister, Lord, that you touch. God, to each and every situation. Hallelujah. Come on, can you just give Jesus a hand clap of praise in the house today? Begin to thank Him for what He's done. Begin to thank Him for what He's doing. Before you're seated, I, I want to share something with you. I was, I was over there at my, my seat. Can I tell you that, that God is up to something he's just wrecking me right now i'm sorry you're like hey why are you crying up there i'm a big baby for jesus i'll admit it okay i'm all right with that i've, I've accepted that psalm 145 verse 13 and I, i'm just i'm gonna read until i feel like i need to stop it says this for your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom you rule throughout all generations the god of Abraham's generation is the God of your generation today. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. I want you to think about the character of God and how good he is to us. 
Verse 14 says, The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. Maybe you're feeling the weight, the heaviness of life, and maybe it's got a bending you. Like, God, I can't handle this. But can I tell you something? The Lord lifts those. He lifts those. Amen. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. Verse 16 says, when you open your hand, listen, listen to this. When you open your hand, Lord, you satisfy the hunger and the thirst of every living thing. Whew. Verse 17, the Lord is righteous in everything he does. He's filled with kindness. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his kindness for us. It's his love for us. Verse 18, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. Let me tell you something. If you're feeling down in your spirit, down today, can I tell you all you got to do is call on the name of Jesus. He, the scripture tells us he's close to those who call on him. Verse, verse 19 says, he grants the desires of those who fear him. He, he, he hears their cries for help and rescues them. You know what that tells me? That if you're in dire need and you feel like you're like a, like a man that's going down, drowning, and you got your hand up and you yell for help, that Jesus is going to be there to grab you and help pull you out of your situation. Verse 20 says this, the Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. Verse 21, here's the last part. I want you to get this in your heart. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. Can we just praise the Lord right now and give him adoration in, in the house today? Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. All right. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I feel the presence of the Lord in the house today. And, and you may be seated today. What an honor it is to have you uh, with us today. You guys look good today, and I, I want to say thanks for coming out on this dreary spring rainy day. I'm still trying to figure out this Indiana weather. I thought we were in spring. I thought here we were, and then today I walk out, and I'm like, I think I'm going to grab my jacket today. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out, uh, but uh, it's so good to see you today. And you could have been anywhere else today, but you chose to be in the house of God. And I, I just want to encourage you and say, hey, you chose the right thing. You chose the right thing today. And I pray that God would richly bless you. If you are with us today, and this is your first time here, we want to say welcome to you. We are so glad that you're here. And we pray that you feel welcome, that you are just, uh, we kind of like to talk, we feel like we're just one big family here. And, uh, and honestly, we hope that you feel like that you're part of the family, that if there's anything that you need, you just let us know. Uh, so can we give all of our guests today a welcome, family? Come on. And we say, if you're a guest with us, even in the balcony, we welcome you too. All right, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. We're glad. No, I'm glad that you're here. I want to say that. But uh, honestly, it is so good to see you today. I just feel the presence of the Lord uh, today and uh, how many have had a great week? All right, I, uh, five of you have had a great week. How many have had a bad week? All right, I didn't. I was just making sure. I, I just you know, just respond with me. Help me out here, okay? Respond with me. Help me out today. So, 
Um, I just have had a, a great week. I felt like last week. I just want to, I cannot give enough praise to God and enough uh, accolades to everybody last week for making Easter work. Uh, we had two services. We did something. I didn't realize that our church had never done that, and uh, we just felt like that we needed to do that for Easter service. And let me tell you something. We were right on the brim of our second service of our capacity that we are supposed to have. And so let's give God praise and honor. So many people did so many things in so many different directions. I can't, if I were to call everyone's name that did certain things, it would take me all day. But, but you are blessed uh, as a church, and, and you guys were blessed serving others, loving on other people. And I just want to say I, as a, as a pastor, am, am very honored by the way that, that our church conducted itself last week. And I, I, am, I am just excited about that. And a uh, lot, of, lot of positives coming off of Easter week and uh, just had a great week. And then uh, by Wednesday, we started a new Bible study. On Wednesday nights, we do a Bible study. We have classes. I just might add this. On Wednesday nights, we have classes for everybody from 1 to 99. If you're 100, you may get a free pass. I don't know. Uh, but we have classes from 1, uh, 1 to 99. And, and honestly, we... this. We started a, a series that we're doing, and I like, I like to do this, and we go through, um, we're going through the book of Philippians, and uh, it talks about uh, joy, the, the, the epistle of joy. And let me tell you something, it, it is flooring me, and, and, and you need to just come and buckle up, because if you think you're going through hard times, there's a comparison there. Paul's writing this letter to the Philippian church there, and he's in prison the whole time. And he's, he's just encouraging him, encouraging them. And if you need encouragement in your heart, I want to encourage you to come on Wednesday night because God is doing something. And so I just, I'm going to put that little plug in there and uh, just, just say that. It's just been a, a great week, honestly. Honestly, it's just been a great week. And uh, you guys all look good today. I don't know if you guys uh, if you guys believe that or not. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is what I want you to do: look, look, look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor real, real fast. All right, and and I want you to tell them. I want you to ask them if they combed their hair before they came to church today. <laughs> Some of us don't have to worry about it as much as others, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, you know, when you get to a certain point, you just kind of just use the washcloth. <laughs> I guess that's one of the benefits of losing your hair, right? Slowly but surely, but, uh, oh, <laughs> but anyways. But, oh, man, I tell you what, I just want to speak to you today on, a, on an encouraging word. And uh, honestly, I was, I was where, do you, where do you go after Easter and what what do you how do you how do you how do you get better than than resurrection? Honestly, I mean I mean think about that. How do you get better than resurrection? And uh, I, I was I was thinking about that. And uh, this week I just felt like I wanted to give a word of encouragement to 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 everybody that's here. How many have ever been weary in your in your body? All right. You're weary in your body, but you don't know if you look good. I said you guys look good. No one wanted to respond to that. All right. So you've definitely been weary in your body. Uh, how many have ever been tired emotionally? How many have ever been exhausted spiritually? 
I want to, and, and if you've been there, and if you're there today, I, I want to talk to you. And if you, if you are not there today, you're going to be there at some point, okay? And I want to talk to you today on a simple subject of a word to the weary, a word to the weary. Everyone say, a word to the weary. Good, good. Uh, I, I want to start with this. Look at this. This is pretty amazing. Although it took place in the 1930s, it remains one of the most mystifying missing person cases in, F, in FBI files. After spending an evening eating with his friends, a 45-year-old New York judge, and he was a Supreme Court uh, New York State judge, held a taxi and was never seen again. The FBA, FBI got involved. They suspected a kidnapping of someone who had a grudge against the judge for a ruling. And when they looked further into that, it did not pan out. They suspected maybe the mafia who the judge had been an outspoken enemy to. But again, it led nowhere. The only clue that remains was a letter. And when his wife returned to their apartment the evening her husband disappeared, there was a, a check for a large sum of money made out to her. And a note from her husband in his handwriting that said, I am very, very tired. Love, Joe. The question remains, uh, were those merely comments made at the end of trying, a trying day? Or was it from a fatigued, tired, weary man saying, I give up? And still to this day, it is believed that he took the taxi to an unknown destination and took his life because of the weariness in his soul. And now, I, as I researched this, in 2005, a letter surfaced that claimed that two New York police officers had, had got him and killed him. Now, the evidence is still circumstantial. They still don't know to this day. And I think we can all relate uh, in our hearts sometimes. We've, we've all been weary and we've all been tired in, in, in our lives, right? And, and I, I'm not talking about just physical tiredness, right? I'm not talking about running up and down the basketball court like me when on our church basketball league. Two times up the court, I'm, I'm physically tired. I'm not talking about when you go outside and you do yard work. I'm not talking about that kind of tiredness, but I'm talking about the kind of tiredness where you're just emotionally spent and you're spiritually just tired. And, and we talked about that. And I, I, I might add this. If you are the average weight and height, okay, as a person, here's what your body will go through in a 24-hour period. This is pretty amazing to me. And I, I wonder why we all live so tired. How many had coffee this morning? How many had some sort of caffeine this morning? All right. Uh, it was sad this morning. I, Tristan left before me, and when I went to make my coffee, there was no coffee. The devil was fighting me on the way to church today. And so I thought, oh, I'll stop at the store, and I'll just get me a coffee at the store. I go into the store. I, I, I get uh, Novak, a chocolate milk, and Wyatt, a drink, and then I, I get me a coffee, and I get to the front to pay for it. And the lady said, oh, I'm sorry, our card reader's not working. I said, the devil's a liar. <laughs> so what did I do? I went and put my stuff back. I walked back out, drove down the road to another gas station, and praise God, I finally got my coffee. And so, Anyways, the devil's fighting today. Y'all pray for me, all right? All right. 
but it, our body goes in a, through a 24-hour period. L- look at this. Your heart will beat one up to uh, the average 103,689 times in a day. That's a lot of beats. And if you live with, you know, like when I'm around my wife, I probably, I'm probably double that because my heart beats so fast when I'm around her, right? Uh, I just got brownie points right there, just so you guys know. I'm showing you guys how to do it, right? All right. So check this out. Your blood will travel 12,000 miles as your heart pumps four ounces per beat in a day. It's pretty impressive. Uh, that's, that's a lot of miles. Um, uh, 23,040 breaths per day. That's what you take. 23,040 breaths. Some of us, when we're working out, I do that just when I work out. So, um, per day. Inhaling, now check this out. When you inhale, you inhale 438 cubic uh, feet of air totally throughout the day. I don't know what that is. Some of you smarter people, engineers, can probably tell me how, but that seems like a lot of air, okay? Um, your stomach will take in three and a half pounds of food and three quarts of liquid. Mine's more like seven pounds of food and four quarts of liquid. Devil's a liar. All right. And, uh, and, and check this out. Uh, you'll you'll ex- expel uh, seven-eighths of a pound of waste. If you are a man, you will speak 4,800 words in a day. Notice I preface that. And if you are a husband, you will hear <laughs> 7,000 words in a day. There went my brownie points. So women, women, uh, women speak 7, 000, up to 7,000 words. Well, not up to, but they speak about 7,000 words per day. Um, and then uh, you will move 750 muscles. And that's just me getting out of bed. <laughs> and some of you are like, I can relate to that, Pastor. Uh, you, will, uh, you will exercise, now I think this is dependent on the person, but you will exercise 7 million brain cells in the day. Some of you may be, may be working off of 1.5 million. I don't know. Some of you may be working at 10 million. But, uh, and and when, I, when I looked at all that, I began to wonder, it's, it's, there's no wonder that we're, we're tired. Just existing um, can make us tired. The, and there's a weariness uh, that's more draining than than physically being tired, and I'm talking about when we're emotionally spent or spiritually burned out. Um, it's not physical. It's not a physical tiredness when a mother and father are struggling with a, with a child. It's not, that's not a physical tiredness. That's an emotional tiredness, and they keep dealing with the same issue with the wayward child, and I can tell you that that's an emotional tiredness and or or and it's not physical tiredness but it but the but it's emotional or spiritual tiredness when the weariness of a spouse feels like their spouse has rejected them those are not physical things but those are emotional things it's the weariness that makes successful people like judges that we can assume that he took his life want to leave this world or why do we see people in Hollywood people with riches people with fame that take their life because they're tired they're they're weary uh, and and here's the thing it doesn't just fall in line with people today but let's look at the scripture I mean if you go uh, I, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 11 just so you know but in Matthew at the beginning of Matthew chapter 11 John the Baptist is is in prison and he's about to to get his head 
taken off in, in, in prison. And while he's in prison, he's, he's doubting in his heart. You know, remember he baptized Jesus and, and he knew who Jesus was. But, but in prison, because of the weariness of prison, because he was tired, he began to doubt in his mind. And he actually sent two of his followers to where Jesus was to ask him if he was indeed uh, the son of God. You, how many remember that story? Well, Matthew chapter 11, it, we're not going to read that today. Uh, we see that. And what about this? Moses, do you remember Moses? He didn't even want to, to lead the children of Israel. He, he did everything he could out of leading the children of Israel. And then he finds himself out in the middle of the wilderness. And they're crying and complaining and whining. And I think Moses is just like, God, do you remember this conversation we had? Remember I told you they were going to be like this? Remember this? This is why I didn't want to do this. Listen to him mumble and complain. You're giving them food and they're, and, and they're whining. You're giving them water out here. You're giving them provision. And here they are whining and whining and whining and whining. He was tired. Jeremiah, how many remember the, the prophet Jeremiah? You know, you talk about a guy who had a, a, a tough ministry. He wanted to quit. He was one of the, he, he spoke truth and, and nobody was transformed or nobody, nobody changed their life. The whole time he preached, you talk about getting tired, wanting to quit. So Jeremiah, there, he, he wanted to quit. What about Elijah? Do you remember Elijah? He got so depressed, he asked God to kill him. Lord, take my life. Jezebel's after me. He hunkered down. And, and so I, I'm, I'm just saying, I, it makes me feel like I, I have hope today because, and I love how the Bible shows us that these these people that we call heroes, we call Moses a hero, we call John the Baptist a hero, we, and we look at all these people throughout Scripture and we think, man, all this stuff. But I love how the Bible points out their flaws and their weaknesses and, and how, how they struggled. I love that. That gives me hope. Does that give you hope today? Look at your neighbor says, say, that gives me hope. Charles Spurgeon, uh, you know, which was a renowned preacher, said he oftentimes went into dark places that he hoped none of his par parishioners would ever go as he led, led a flock. And did you know this, that Martin Luther, the great reformer, struggled with depression in his life? And I can tell you today, if you're struggling today, it's okay. Everyone say, it's okay. You're in good company. Uh, did you know, I don't know if you know this, I grow weary and I grow tired. You grow weary, you grow tired, right? We, we all do. And if you haven't, you will. And um, if you say that you don't grow weary and you don't grow tired, you're lying. Because at some point in your life, you're gonna, you may be on cloud nine right now. You may be at a, a great experience. You may just got advanced on your job. You may be doing great things, great accolades at this point in your life. But can I tell you, there will be a time in your life where you will grow weary emotionally and spiritually and so I, I want to talk to you today uh, just about that sometimes here's what I know sometimes carrying the load of of, of ministry as a pastor sometimes there, there's a there's a weight to it and sometimes it seems like a lot and overwhelming what about this and and maybe you're like maybe you're not in ministry but maybe carrying the load of being being a good wife or being a good husband or, or being a good child or a good co-worker now we're getting somewhere huh or being a good boss or a good business owner and it can make you tired uh and then here's the, here's the flip side of that. So maybe someone, uh, maybe, maybe 
this is you. Maybe it's not the weight of, of, of living your life that, that's, that's weighing you down, but maybe it's the guilt of sin and shame that has happened in your life. I'm laying a little bit of a foundation today, but I, I want to point something out to you. Maybe, maybe, maybe the guilt and shame of what someone did to you when you were a young child, maybe someone abused you and you're carrying the weight of that guilt and shame. That sin, you didn't sin, but somebody sinned against you. And let me tell you, sometimes the enemy will use those things to carry that. What if your parents, what, and this may be the case, what if your parents divorced and maybe that caused issues within your life? Maybe you had issues getting grounded as a person because of something like wasn't your fault. Sometimes that happens. And what I'm trying to say here is that we all face problems and we all face trials and they, they seem heavy. And carrying them is wearing you out spiritually and emotionally. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? All right. All right. I'm glad you're with me. And I've got some good news for you today because Jesus would give us some words of wisdom. How many know Jesus got a lot of words of wisdom? And Jesus would give us some words of wisdom to go by here in, in the book of Matthew when we are weary and when we are tired. Okay. I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to read this whole bit of scripture. If you'll put that scripture up there. It says this, Matthew 11, verse 28. We're going to read three verses here. It says this. As a matter of fact, will you read it with me? Would, would you do that with me? Say, I can't see that, Pastor. Well, or, I, you know, just read it with us. Come on, you can do this. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen. I mean, let's read it again one more time, if you'll take that back. Uh, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, I pray, Lord, that it would just penetrate our hearts today. Lord, let the words of my mouth be yours. God, let your spirit lead and guide me today. God, I pray, Lord, that those who are dealing with weariness would leave Lift it up, God. I pray, Lord, that your spirit, Lord, would begin to just penetrate our hearts, God, in a, in a new and a fresh way. And everybody said, amen. So I've got a word to the weary, a word to the weary. And I want to look at this, and I'm going to do something a little bit different. We're gonna, I'm going to exegete this, this scripture. So what do you mean by that, Pastor? What I'm going to do is I'm going to take it line for line, and I'm going to break this down. And I think there's some practical things for you and practical application for you if you are struggling and if you are going to struggle at some point in your life, some things in here that Jesus is speaking that can speak into your situation. Do you believe that today? All right. Here's the first thing I, w- I want to point out. He gives rest he Jesus gives rest everyone say Jesus gives rest I want to know the first thing the first thing that Jesus says here is come to me 
Now, it's easy for us to just read that and jump to the next portion. But look at this. I want, I want you to take look at this. Come to me. Come to me. You know what that is? That's an invitation. That's an invitation for you who are weary and heavy laden to come to him. He's given you an invitation right there. Jesus is saying, come to me. It's like me saying, hey, Stacy, come over here. Right? This is Stacy, if you guys didn't know. I wasn't just, you know. Um, and and it's, it's just like me saying, hey, over here. Right? Anybody ever done that? Um, and can I tell you this? This is your invitation. Everyone say, come to me. It, that's your invitation from Jesus, Yeshua, the one who conquered death and the grave, created the universe, saying to you today through the scripture, come. That's it. It's, I mean, I, oh, that's so profound, right? So easy, right? Uh, but notice this. He didn't say this. He didn't say, run to me. Thank goodness everyone's like, man, some of you guys are like, whew, thank goodness he didn't say run to me because I ain't a runner. And honestly, he knew that the weary probably didn't have the strength to run to him. He didn't say, go to church. I'm glad that you're here. But he didn't say, go to church. He didn't say, listen to a sermon. I'm glad that you're doing that today. He didn't say, go get some counseling. He didn't say, read a book. He simply said, come to me. And there's nothing wrong with all those things that I said, but ultimately, they can and they should lead us to, to our pursuit with him. Come to me is an invitation. Now, think about this. This invitation, come to me, when, when I say, hey, come. Hey, Wyatt, stand up. Come. Come. Good job. All right. Give Wyatt a hand. I want you to notice something. When I told Wyatt to come, did I give him a prerequisite? Say, Wyatt, you need to do this. You need to do that. Wyatt, you need to comb your hair or you need to do this before you come up here. You need to. I just said, come. It's my invitation is just come. You, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be at a certain place. Jesus is saying, just come as you are. What a great invitation we have. And, and I love that. He, he didn't say, hey, you got to have your life cleaned up. You don't, you don't have to. All you need to do is just come. You remember the story of the prodigal son. And can I tell you something? The prodigal son, he didn't, his life was a, was a mess. Once he, he squandered all his money, once he was gone, and, and the father was sitting there. But he knew something, that if he went back to the father, that the father would be there with open arms. And that's what Jesus is saying to us. He's just sitting there. He, you may feel like you're in the pig pen of life right now. You may feel like the prodigal son. You may feel like, man, everything is caving in around me. But I know that if I can go back to my father even if he lets me be a servant he'll let me be a servant but can i tell you jesus is calling you he's saying come to me james 4 8 says come close to god and he will come close to you you know what i think what i love about that scripture is i think 
This is me personally. I believe sometimes God is waiting on us to make the first step. He's just waiting on us. When we're struggling and he's sitting over there and he's like, just take a step. If you'll take a step, I'll come running at you. And so look at this. John chapter 6 verse 37 says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. So Jesus is saying, hey, come to me. And can I tell you this? If you take that step, he won't cast you out. Matter of fact, he'll take a step towards you. How many are grateful that we serve a God who loves you, that his, he has an invitation for you today? He said, hey, you may be tired, you may be weary, but I am telling you, come. Simple as that. I, there's a story, and my wife's going to kill me for telling this story, but there's this story. And when, when I was in high school, and I, I, my last class was in the science building, and I left the science building in California where we went to school. Uh, we had different buildings. We didn't have hallways, you know, because the wintertime didn't get extremely cold. And so we, we didn't really have hallways within our school. So we would leave one building and go to the next building. And so I left the science building. And when I left the science building, it was the last period of the day. And I was going back to where I parked my car. And in the process of going back to where I parked my car, I went by the main building of the school, the main entrance of the school, and Tristan had a class in the main entrance of the school. Now, we were, uh, I, I'm assuming we were dating, I, I think, at this point. But, uh, but anyways, my wife loves me so much. Check this out. She comes out of the school, and I'm walking, just kind of minding my business, and I see her up at the school, and there was 10 stairs at, at the front of the school, and Tristan is so excited to see me, and her heart is beating peanut butter because she sees me. She's like, oh, Romeo, Romeo. You're probably going, where art thou? <laughs> looking right over. No, uh, but there she sees me, and, and, and I remember I was walking, and she's like, TJ. I'm like, hey, and you know, and she's waving at me to get my attention, and there she goes, and she's going to go meet me on the sidewalk, and as she's going down the stairs, she makes a misstep, and guess what she does? Boom, 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 poof. She did. She tumbled down the stairs, landed on her rear side, just sitting up, and just, just starts laughing, and she fell for me that day. You guys knew that was coming, right? Can I, can I tell you this? She, she was excited to see me, and I was excited to see her. Matter of fact, I was concerned. I probably laughed at her. I'm, gonna be, I'm not going to lie. I probably laughed at her falling once I realized she was okay. Uh, but the key is this. Jesus has given an invitation. The first part of the scripture is so profound. It's so, so simple, but yet so profound. Come to me. No prerequisite. You don't have to do this. You don't have to have it together. You're tired. You're weary. Just come. So simple. I love that. How many love that? Uh, the first step to getting, in, uh, getting rest is, is, is just simply this. Answer the invitation. Come to me. Look at this. All who labor and are heavy laden. Um, who should come to the Lord? All. All of those who what? Labor 
and are heavy laden. Look at this. Um, what causes us to labor? Think about this. What causes us to labor in our lives, uh, spiritually, emotionally? And I, I believe we can find the answer in Exodus. If you, Exodus chapter 5, verse 7 through 9 says this. You shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks. Talking about the children of Israel. This is Pharaoh speaking here. Let me give you a little little. Uh, background here. Pharaoh's speaking here, and, and he's a new Pharaoh, and so he, he's not liking that the Israelites are procreating and the nation's getting bigger and bigger, and, and, and so he wants to put them in, in, in slavery and bondage here. Exodus 5, 7 through 9 says, You shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks as in the past. Let them go and gather straw for themselves, but the number of bricks they made in the past you shall impose on them. So it's making it a little bit tougher on them, okay? We used to provide you straw to make bricks. Now you're going to have to go get your own straw, and you're going to have to make the same amount of bricks. Sounds, some of you are like, sounds like my boss at work. All right, we'll leave that right there um, on them. You shall by no means reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry, let us go and offer sacrifices to our God. Let heavier work be laid on the men that they may labor, and it uh, and pay no regard to lying words. So check this out. And God allowed the Israelites to go to Egypt. He made provision for them through Joseph. Remember, there was a famine in the land and made provision. And, and throughout the time that, that Pharaoh was there and he was totally okay with them for a while. And then the new Pharaoh came in and he, he moves and he changes his attitude. Hey, these people are, are, are getting out of hand. We've got to suppress them. We've got to keep them down. And so what do they do? They enslave the Israelites. Uh, though they were, they were getting too big and there was too many of them. And so this is what he did. He intensified the workload on them. He intensified their labor. And the word labor here in Exodus is the same meaning as the word labor that Jesus used here in Matthew. If you, if you look at the Greek, it means to labor, to work. Literally. Uh, and, and how many feel like when you're tired that you feel like you, you, can, you can understand. You can understand the point of view of the Israelites. You feel like you're stuck in Egypt. Let me give you an example here. What about this? You get up. Do the same thing. You can do the same thing at work. You go do this every day. You go home. Stop by the grocery store. Get stuff. Make dinner. Watch Netflix. Go to bed. You get up, drive to work, do the same thing, come home, stop by the grocery store. How many have, have felt like you've gotten in a mon mundane routine in your life and, and feel like, hey, it's the same thing over and over? And oftentimes in our lives, we can make it seem like that we're just stuck. And that's what the Israelites were feeling in this place. And they felt like no matter what they did, it just got harder and harder. Matter of fact, Pharaoh cracked down, and he cracked the whip on them, and he made them bake enough bricks. Now, listen, scholarly, I was looking at this. I was looking at what scholars said, uh, that they made enough bricks to lay a wall between L.A. to New York, 10, 10 feet tall and 5 foot wide. That's a lot of bricks. That's a lot of bricks. And we say this, I'll get my life together when I accomplish this task or that task. And once I get past this area of my life, then, then it won't seem so mundane. Or if I, if I can achieve this position at work or if I can, can do this in my life. When we, we put up these goals, and can I tell you something? We labor and labor and labor and finally realize that all the work that we're putting in didn't pan out the way that we thought it would. 
I'm going to retire at 55, you know, you may say. And then you work and work and work, and then you get there a little bit closer, and then they move the goalposts a little bit further, right? And you're like, man, so now i got to go another 10 years or whatever the case. And, and that's what happens. We labor and in vain. And Jesus says this, come to, come to me all who labor. And, 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 and honestly, you got to stop believing the lie of Pharaoh. Saying, are you saying we shouldn't work? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if we're not careful, we, we get in this, this rut of life, and it emotionally makes us weary, and it spiritually can wear us down because we're not feeding our spiritual man like we should. Look at this. The next por- portion of this says heavy laden. Everyone say heavy laden. All right. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 4 says, ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity. Everyone say iniquity. Offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. The Lord here, he's telling the Israelites, uh, here here you are. You're, You're beat up. You're weary and desolate because, number one, you are laden with iniquity. You are Laden with sin. What does that mean? What does it mean to have iniquity? That means to have sin in your life. So look at this. Go back, go back to uh, uh, those who labor. Pharaoh makes us labor, but sin makes us heavy. Pharaoh makes us labor, but sin in our life makes us heavy laden. Sin weighs us down. Sin makes you tired. You were not intended to carry the burden of sin. Jesus beat that on the cross and the resurrection. And let me tell you something. You were not intended to carry the burden, the guilt, the shame of sin. But how often do you and do I, we think back over our lives. And this is what I love about God is God looks at our life and he says, hey, I, I, don't, I don't remember. Remember when, when we ask for forgiveness, what does he do? He takes that sin and he casts it into the sea of uh, forgetfulness. And he does not worry about that. So when we bring it back up, he's like, what are you talking about? I've forgotten about that. Why, why are you doing that? And honestly, that is, that is our heart. And so we deal with the strife of sin and the weight of sin in our lives. And, and Jesus says, whether you, you've been seduced by Pharaoh or mentally or working for the world and, and, and making bricks and, and you're weary, or whether you've been heavy laden with sin, he's saying this, come to me. He's saying this, come to me. I don't know what else he's saying over there, but he's saying, come to me. (laughs) Come to me. Look at the last portion of this first part of this verse. I will give you rest. Come to me. That's your invitation. You're heavy. You're your labor. Those who labor, those who are heavy laden, come to me. And here's the flip side to that. Once you make that step, what? I will give you rest. See, God in his generous love gives rest to us when we are open and we are honest. I don't know why we try not to be honest with God. How many have ever done that? You try not, no, I'm not going to tell the Lord what's going on in my life. Ha, that's so funny. He sees all. He knows all. He knows what you're thinking. But I'm not going to tell him, so maybe he won't say nothing. It's kind of like reminds me of my kids. Sometimes I know things that 
they don't realize that I know and I don't tell them, you guys know, yeah, look at them. They're looking at me like, ooh, what does dad know now? And I know certain things that are happening in their life that they don't even realize that I know. And sometimes I don't say anything. That happened to me when I was growing up. I got in trouble at school one day. My dad picked me up early from school. Who does that? And the day that my dad picked me up early from school, guess what? I had been sent to the office for something stupid. I'll admit it. It was dumb. And I didn't say a word. My dad picked me up. I got in the car. My dad acted like hunky-dory. Everything was just perfectly fine. And I was just like, hey, why are you picking me up early? Oh, I just thought we could hang out today. Oh, okay, cool. This day's turning out really good. I thought it was going to be bad. And we get down the road, and he's just going along. He says, you want to tell me what happened today? What are you talking about, Dad? You want to tell me why you were in the office today? Who told you that? And we hide things from God. But here's what I know. It's crazy to me that we, that we do that because he knows everything. And he's saying this in, in our trials. If we're just honest with God and we say, hey, God, this is where I'm at. If we'll just be honest with him, he'll give us rest. I love that. And then when we have to be honest, here's what happens. That we are weary and heavy laden, he gives us rest. So how, do we, how, do we, how does he give us rest? And we find out this in the next verse. So the first, first point that I gave you was, was simply this. He gives rest. And here's the second point. We find rest. He gives it, we find it. Wow, that's super profound. The Bible's easy sometimes. He gives rest, we find rest. Verse 29 says this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He gives rest. How does he give, give, give rest? He, in this verse right there that I just read, Come unto me, and this is how we do it. Yoke with me. Yoke with me. What does that mean? Everyone say, does that mean I go to the gym and we do, we, you know? No, that's not what that means. It means yoke with me. People would have to understand the meaning of this in that time frame. And, and what they would do back in that day, back before machinery, they would have oxen. And they would, they would have this thing called a yoke that would go over two oxen. Okay, and they would put that over them, and then they would do whatever kind of agricultural work or whatever they needed done, and they would put that yoke, and the weight of that yoke would bear between the two oxen. Now, check this out, but this is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is just how Jesus works. In that process, in that process of yoking, there is always one animal that, that leads. One is there for support. And one is the lead. And can I tell you, Jesus, in this, in this beautiful illustration, he's speaking to us. And he's talking to you. Hey, the yoke of this world, the, the, the weight that you're feeling, yoke up with me because guess what? I'll do the heavy lifting. All you got to do is just be there with me. It's a beautiful picture. And people would understand this in the day. And they, they would know. And Jesus is saying, follow my lead. Follow my direction. Follow my flow. It will be easy. Here's what I know. When I do things on my own, it gets tough, and I get frustrated, and I get weary. When I do things his way, guess what? It falls into place, and it's so easy. You want a litmus test in your life of how things are working. If, it, if you're weary and you're tired, guess what? You're probably doing a lot of lifting on your own strength and not leaning into Jesus. Now, it's getting real. The story is told of a battleship cruising 
the Atlantic off the northern coast of Maine. One stormy evening, the commander was notified, Sir, there's a light ahead, an oncoming vessel. Uh, signal, the, signal to the oncoming vessel and tell them to change their course 10 degrees west. The message was sent, but a message was sent back, change your course 10 degrees east. The commander, losing patience, barked back. He said, tell them to change their course 10 degrees, uh, 10 degrees uh, west. And, 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 uh, and, and I am an admiral. And they messaged back, change your course 10 degrees east. I am a seaman, uh, seaman third class. By, by the time the admiral was infuriated and thundered a message back and, and, and to change their course 10 degrees west, we are a battleship. And the message came back, said, change your course 10 degrees east. We are a lighthouse. And that's like us. The Lord's gently telling us, hey, do this. And we're telling God, no, do this. And God's saying, listen, I'm immovable. I don't want to see you mess up. I don't want to see you fail. Instead of learning from him, we try to lead him. And that's what happens to us. I love that scripture because it says, learn from me. Learn from me. I don't know about you. I'm in this walk with God. And every day I'm learning something new from God. He may be revealing something about myself to me, or he may be revealing something about him uh, to me. But can I tell you, every day I'm learning something from God. We should learn from the Lord. Right? He says this, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This statement right here, if you look at Jesus, if you look at everything he said in the, in the whole New Testament... This is one of the only statements that I know of, the only autobiographical statement Jesus ever said about himself. Everything else he said, he talked about why he was there, what he was doing. This is the one moment he said, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Pretty amazing to me. And you will find rest for your souls. He didn't say, learn from me because I am majestic or mighty, powerful, and potent. No, he said, learn from me, and you'll be refreshed because I'm meek and I'm lowly. So we look at that word meek, and most of us as as men, sometimes we think meek is weak, but that's not true. He said, I am meek and lowly. Meekness is this. Meekness is strength under control. It's having the power to do it. But refraining and being knowing when to use that power. And that's what Jesus was. I, we, had a, we had a great Dane. And I think I've told you about our great Dane. Our great Dane, his name was Cecil. And I guess we name all our dogs old man names. I'm sorry if your name is Cecil. That's what we named him. And Cecil, we took Cecil to the park one day. And he was a, a huge great Dane. I don't remember what he weighed. 120 pounds. And he stood really tall. And we're walking him in the park. And while we're in the park, someone came up to us with one of those wiener dogs. And if you have a wiener dog, God bless you. The Lord is teaching you patience by having a wiener dog, right? So, so wiener, like, so, and if you know anything about a wiener dog, their legs are like this big, and and there they are, but they they yap. And, And so, this little wiener dog saw our dog, who is a Great Dane, who is probably. 20 times bigger than the wiener dog. And the wiener dog is just like, like he's going to do something to our great day. 
And it's funny because we had our dog, and he was docile, and he's just like sitting there looking at this wiener dog, and it's just barking, 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 barking at him. He's just looking at it, and it was just like, what are you doing? This little yapper. Yap, 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 yap. You know, a little dog just yapping, 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 yapping. And he's just looking at her. And, and it's so funny to me because I guess you just got to know. And anyone that's had a, a large dog know that large dog breeds are often very docile. They, they really don't want to get confrontational. They have the size too, but they don't really want to get confrontational. And he's just sitting there, and the dog's just barking. And he, he, I think he just got tired, and he just went. <laughs> and the dog rolled. Meekness under control. I have the ability to eat you if I want to. And you're barking at me right now. Jesus is saying, learn from me. Jesus is saying, come to me, those who have been burnt by Pharaoh or the world or those who have been wearied by the folly of sin, the yoke. And he's saying this, yoke with me. Give up the yoke of sin. Yoke with me. Don't try to maneuver me. Don't try to steer me. Or demand me, but he's saying this, learn from me, for I am meek and I am lowly. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. And here's the results. You shall find rest for your souls. You know what you're craving when you're weary and when you're tired? Rest. When I go on a long trip and I've, drove, I've, I've driven most of the night, you know what I crave when I get to where I'm going? Rest. You know what you're craving when you're tired spiritually, emotionally? Rest. And can I tell you something? Jesus gives rest. And not only does he give, give rest, but he, he gives us rest, but here's when he gives us rest, guess what? If we come to him, if we do what he's saying, if we, if we yoke with him, we find rest. We find rest in our situation. We make it so complicated sometimes, and it's so easy. It's so easy. But here's what I know. Here's number, point number three. His rest is the best. He gives rest. We find rest. But can I tell you something? His type of rest is the best. Verse 30 says this. Look at this. For my yoke is, my yoke is, and my burden is, my yoke is, and my burden is, he gives the best rest. In Acts chapter 15, we find the Gentile converts trying to determine if they should follow the laws and rituals of the Jews. They're, they're basically struggling, like, should we be circumcised? Should we not be circumcised? Should we, should we do this? Should we do that? And they're struggling there. And Peter gives this response in Acts chapter 15, verse 10. He says, now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? What was required by the law, Jesus, Jesus fulfilled the law. He didn't abolish it, but he, he fulfilled the law. But check this out. He, he did this. And so Peter's saying here, hey, the thing that we, we struggled to keep that, but why, why are you putting that yoke on us? Honestly. And Jesus says this, my yoke is 
easy. Let me tell you what it is. Here's Jesus' yoke. It's relationship, not religion. It's Jesus, not Judaism. It's love, not the law. And I hear people say, oh, I'm burdened. I'm tired of being a servant, trying to follow Jesus, and it just seems like this burden's so heavy. Can I tell you something? That's a, that in my eyes, when I hear that, you know what that tells me? You're doing it in your own power. And I have to stop, and I have to take evaluation of my life and say, man, if the load's getting heavy, Lord, am I yoked right with you? Because according to this scripture, Lord, if I'm yoked with you properly... And I'm being led the direction that you tell me. This burden should be light and it should be easy. If it's heavy, let me tell you something. If it's heavy, it's not his burden. If it's heavy, it's not his burden. If what I'm doing is wearisome and tough, it's not the Lord's burden because his burden is light. His rest is the best. I love that. I'm going I'm I'm to say that for the rest of my life now. His rest is the best. He gives rest. Come to me. All who labor. They're heavy laden. And I will give you rest. The second portion of that is we find rest. And then the last one is his rest is the best. My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Will you bow your heads with me all across this building? Jesus today would say, don't labor under the burdens of Pharaoh. Because if you do, you'll become weary. And don't become heavy laden under the bondage of sin or the guilt of sin, the shame of sin. It will rob your energy. He would say this, don't become enslaved by the laws of the Pharisees, you'll be weighed down. The law. But he's saying this, yoke with me. Learn from me and you'll find rest for your soul. I want to talk to people who are tired, who are weary spiritually. I believe today is a, a day that things change for you. The thing that you've been carrying, the weight that you've been hauling around. Jesus is saying, hey, come to me. Let's make that thing light. If you're here and under the sound of my voice, and you say, hey, Pastor, I've been dealing with some things. and I've been dealing with the, the mundane of life, the labor, the in, out, making bricks. Just over and over and over and over and over and it's just weary on my heart I'm tired say hey pastor would you would you would you pray for me this morning if anybody in the building with all heads bowed all eyes closed I, I oh I just want to say a word of prayer for you would you would you lift your hand thank you thank you hands going up everywhere all right the next part of that says heavy laden we talked about the weight of sin and oftentimes we don't know how it gets there, but sometimes that weight of sin and shame and guilt that Jesus beat on the cross gets there. You say, hey, pastor, I've been struggling with the weight of 
sin in my life. I've allowed some things. I've opened some doors that I shouldn't have allowed. I want that burden to be lifted off of me once and for all. If that's you, under the sound of my voice, would you, would you lift your hand? No one looking around. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I want to say this prayer. If you will, just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to be the Lord of my life. I believe you lived, you died, and rose again for my sins. God, I confess with my mouth that I've messed up, that I've made mistakes, Lord, that I've failed you. And I ask you today, Lord, to help me to be yoked with you. Lord, because I'm tired of carrying this burden, this heavy burden. Lord, your burden is light. So, Lord, right now, in my life, God, I yoke with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can you stand with me all across this building? And if you said that prayer today, the prayer of salvation, that's your first time doing that, or if you rededicated your life, I want you to do me a favor. Find me. Find somebody. And let us know. Let us know that you did that. The reason we want to know is we want to pray for you, and we want to give you some instruction, and we want to help you to grow in your life. Can we do something today? Can we just, in our hearts, can we lift our hands? Can we lift our hearts? Lord, things that we were not intended to carry, God, we give to you right now. Lord, we come into agreement with you, God, not to try to steer you, but, Lord, to be led by you. God, knowing, Lord, that as we come into connection with you, God, as we are yoked with you, God, may the power of your love, God, begin to lift burdens, God. Things that were heavy are not going to be heavy from this point on. Things that, that were weighing us down, they're going to be broken by the mighty name of Jesus. God, we believe it, Lord. We know it. God, we, we ask, Lord, right now, Lord, that things that have weighed people down be broken right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare it, I believe it, and I decree it. And God, we give you praise and we give you glory. Come on, can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise for that? Come on, can we sing this song real fast? Come on, one time for him. Sing it now. 
Come on, sing it again. It's your breath, Lord. Come on, sing it again. It's your breath. It's your breath, Lord. Give rest to the weary, Lord. Come on, we're going to sing this next portion, but I, I want to do something before we leave, okay? I, I want to decree this. I want to declare this today. Now, many of you, we're going to yoke with the Lord. We're going to lay our burdens down right now, okay? We're going to do something here in the physical. I know it's, I know it's late, but listen, it's not too late for God to lift your burden. If you want God to do something for you, we're going to sing this next portion. Come on, sing it out. We'll shout your praise. Our hearts will Bones will sing great are you Lord. Come on, sing it out all the earth.
lifting burdens right now. Come on. Lord, we're yoking with you. tell you this what you do when you leave this place matters because let me tell you something the burden that was lifted here the enemy will try to put right back on you when you when you step out of this building when you get in your car when you go home when you go about your the weariness that you've been carrying the enemy's going to try to throw back on you let me tell you something you need to quote the scripture when you don't know what to do say hey you know what devil no I'm not going to give you a place because I'm yoked with the Lord and I've went to him. His burden is light. And I, I'm not going to allow that in my, in my life. Now listen, this is what I want to do. I believe God has transformed. I believe God has done an amazing work today, okay? I'm going to leave this, this altar open, but I want to do this. If you'll, if you'll raise your hand with me, I want, I want to bless you. And then we're going to do our announcements, but they're going to stay up here. We're going to leave these altars open today, okay? Say, so, hey, that's different, Pastor. Hey, we're going to let God do what he's going to do, okay? We've got a few things we need to do here. But we're going to allow God to do his, his work because we don't know the burden that some people have been carrying. Okay? So if you'll stretch your hand this way, I want to bless you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. announcements um, and like pastor said the altars are still open so after we do announcements if you need to come up and worship and pray we welcome you to do that um, I am so thankful for a church that gives way for God um, if you're a guest here like pastor said this morning we are so thankful to have you thank you for coming and being with us we would ask that you fill out a connection card that's available in the seats hopefully in front of you or close by you and just drop that off at our welcome center so we can get to know you um, we do have a gift we'd like to give you. Um, those of you paying tithes and offering with cash or check, there are new offering boxes. Those are attached to the walls when you go outside of the sanctuary downstairs, and there's one upstairs as you leave the balcony. So those are a little different than those buckets that we had before. Um, we have our pre-K open house today. 
from 2 to 4 o'clock. So if you or someone you know has a little one um, around 4 years old, we welcome you to come and check out the preschool and the things God's doing in that. Um, we have a women's fellowship this Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Ladies, come. We have an awesome time. If you've never come before, come. It's really relaxing. It's chill. There's You don't have to wear anything special. Just come and fellowship with us. Also, men, if you're signed up to play on our men's softball team, there's going to be a short meeting after service at the front of the sanctuary. And then last thing, if you have ordered a Cornerstone shirt, those are available for you to pick up at the Welcome Center this morning as well.